six pack clap it out. We got reigning, you know what? Reigning junior and open world champion at the same time because junior worlds has not rolled around yet. So yes, you sir. are still the reigning junior world champion and open world champion, Kelly Johansson from Sweden. And, um, dog, how, how good does that feel? hard to describe man uh it's uh, it's a surreal feeling honestly you know winning junior worlds that was nice and all that but you know now it's like shit's for real it's it's the wildest because i remember you in turkey and you did 717.5 and that's a good total that's a handsome total no doubt about it um but to think a year later if you would have asked me in a year Slightly less, because that was August and we're just June. Ten months from now, that sounds even crazier. In ten months, that guy from Sweden who just won Junior Worlds is going to defeat Taylor Atwood for the Open World title. If you would have told me that, I'd be like, oh my god. And then I would have asked you, well, what total would he hit? And your total went up. First off, you competed again, I think, in November in a 731. Yeah. Then you compete, which is a big jump, but nowhere near as big as February. You hit 754. We're talking o- over 20 kilos, close to 25 kilo jump. And then from February to now, 778. We're talking almost another 25 kilos. The, the spread you covered in so little time, and you're still a junior, by the way, it's insane, man. Your progress, your your progress has been absolutely phenomenal. When you won Ju- Turkey last last year in August, would you have thought, yeah, in ten months, I'm going to be the open world champion? <laughs> Never in my life, man. <laughs> Life's crazy. Life's crazy. Uh, I mean, I I know that my my training has been steadily going up, but you know, like going from seven seventeen to seven seventy eight within like not even a year, it's it's mind-boggling. It is. I told somebody, you know, his rate of ab- adaptation is huge. Like, what if he totals like 770? What if he totals 760 something? And I remember my my buddies were like, dude, you're putting too many kilos onto his total too quickly. Mm-hmm. And I was actually <laughs> undershooting you. Yep. <laughs> I was underestimating. <laughs> and they thought I was like getting too hyperbolic. And I get hyperbolic. It's true. I get hyperbolic at times, but this is, um, your progress has been the wildest man. And yeah, your life has changed very, very quickly. Yes. Yes. I mean, it all feels so different now, you know, I mean, uh, after the competition, I had so many people just reaching out, telling me, you know, that I inspire them. My followers went up, um, it feels like uh, a new chapter has opened, you know. I have more responsibilities to be a great role model to people. Um, I can't act however I want. Uh, I mean, with great respons- with great power comes great responsibility. And it feels like I've reached this point right now. And yeah, I'm super excited for this new like uh, chapter in my life. It is. Like, obviously, when you win the junior world title, people are going to look your way. But mm. how different and more intense is it being the open? 
I mean, now everyone's, you know, I, I'm, I'm the target right now for everyone. It's not like, not, not only the juniors. It's like, yeah, I'm the guy to beat right now. Um, I know there's been people talking um, from other feds. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it hasn't even like gone uh, that much time. And there's already been so much happening, been so much talk. Um, I actually spoke to Keiko about this uh, like a day or two after I won. Just, you know, me explaining how I felt and stuff. And he just explained to me that, you know, this is the stuff that happens when you become the best. Uh, you got to be ready for it. And I think this is just the time for me to just grow even more as a person, to not listen to those people and just do my thing. Because, I mean, it's worked out pretty good for me. So, I mean, why should I listen to everyone else? In terms of, um, well, first off, that's, that's great advice. And it is it is a compliment because you're relevant. Like before, nobody's coming at you. You're the junior world champ. People respect it, but no mm. one's like, I'm going to call out the junior world champ. Now that you're the open world champion and everybody's seen the sensational battle you had, and we'll get into the day and, and, and go into more details in a sec, but now that all that's done and everybody's talking about you and your following explodes and from, man, the next few months, your next competitions, your following is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger all the way to when you defend your world title. And that showdown is going to happen and your following is going to be, it just gets, everything gets more and more intense. Um, when people call you out, people take aim at you. It's because you're, you're relevant. It's because everyone's looking your way and you got to look at it in a way of like, it's a compliment. I'm relevant now. And, and they're gunning for me because, because I'm the world champion. Why yep. wouldn't they gun for me? Um, but yeah, it's a, it's such a fast climb that you've had. A lot of people probably don't even know, you know, your full, it's a catch up they're doing where they're, they're finding out your background story. They're finding out who is Kelly Johansson and, and everything you've all done. Some people didn't even know you're the reigning world champion in, in the juniors until after no. the fact. Yeah. There was, uh, I think it was the strength central that posted a video about me that, you know, I was totally unknown. Nobody knew about me. And, yeah, I don't think he knew that I was the junior world champion. I mean, I, I, maybe I wasn't on everybody's radar, but I mean, I think some people knew about me. Insiders would have to. like, But powerlifting, there's so many people out there. And to an extent, yeah. um, to an extent, people thought, like, you think 74, you think Taylor Atwood. And, yeah, of course. And the fact, the fact that you unseated the GOAT is... Um, Coming into this, let, let's 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 get into the day. So, coming into this, what were your expectations? I mean, obviously, prep went really good. Um, I went in with the mindset that you know, I do have the capacity to place very high. Uh, if that's third place, second place, or first place, who the hell knows? I mean. I just went into it with the mindset of, you know, whatever happens, I know I will do my best. I know I will perform and execute like I always do. Where that puts me, that's up to faith. I mean, that 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 is nothing I can control because I can't, I, I mean, I couldn't control Tim. I couldn't control 
Taylor. The only thing that I could control was my own performance. So I just, uh, I just focus on what I could do. Uh, and uh, Joey's brother, Chris, he actually sent me uh, uh, a long video, like the day of the competition, just explaining to me that, you know, I was ready. Um, I had everything that it took. I did. I mean, I've done everything in my power to be in the best position I can. And everything I had to do was just to take it one shot at a time. One shot at a time. Must aim, shoot. Aim, shoot. And I just took that with me to comp. And yeah, luckily I placed number one. Did you think um, ahead of time, did you have numbers in your head where you think you might end up in terms of a total and where you might anticipate those numbers would land you in terms of the rankings? I mean, I was uh, I was somewhere between like 780, 800, somewhere between there. Um, where that would put me, I had no idea because, I mean, Tim looked on fire. You never know with Taylor. Uh, I mean, based on what he posted on Instagram, I mean, it, he, he looked in shape, shape and uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't really think about, you know, where that would place me i was just focusing on um just doing the best that i could just placing as high as i possibly could i know that i have i have the big deadlift i can dictate a lot with that but yeah like i said i i, I can't control those guys of, of course i had like you know the somewhere in like my back mind that you know oh i, I want to place first you know i want to win but i also knew that you know I can't control them. I just got to focus on what I can do. Otherwise, I would put focus on the wrong things. Fair enough. And what moments leading up to it, did you allow yourself certain times where you would picture yourself like, oh my God, if I beat Taylor Atwood and became the 76 or 74 kilo world champion, like, did you allow yourself that? Or did you and, and, and daydream about it a little bit? Or did you think like, yeah, take it course. easy. Oh, did you? Okay. Of course, of course. I mean, I mean, that's all that I want to be. I want to be number one, right? But I also had to, you know, try to steady myself and not let let that thought take over me, uh, because I know that would just create too much pressure for myself. So I just tried to, you know, sort of take distance from the situation and like how. Uh, how probable it was and just focus on me and see where that would place me. But, but of course I had in my mind that, you know, yeah, I, I can beat him. I can beat him. And the longer in the competition we got, the, the more real it got, you know, because I started to see the numbers, how I started to catch up. And when deadlift came around, I was like, well, oh, shit, this can happen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's go, let's walk through this event by event. But first, let's start off with in the warm-up room. And I've been back there. For people who haven't been to an IPF World Championship warm-up room, and that's 99% of the listeners, okay? It's it's a very unique experience to walk around at IPF Worlds in the warm-up room, and you see there's Kelly Johansson, there's Tim Monagati, there's Taylor Atwood, there's all the national teams around you. And the Swedish national team coaching staff are known to be game day killers. Same with the Americans, same with, you know, the strength guys are involved with Taylor Atwood 
um, as well as Matt Gary does consulting with the strength guys for a lot of their athletes. So they're all killers. There's only killers in that room. When you're warming up and your previous warm-ups, Swedish Nationals, Junior Worlds, this is a whole nother level, isn't it, my friend? <laughs> what was it like? <laughs> this is a whole nother experience. When you're in the warm-up room and you're seeing all this and you know Eurosports out there, the stands are packed, standing room only, and all the hype around the hotel and the venue, and it's about to go down. What did that feel like, the anticipation of it's about to begin? Uh, honestly, I was just trying to focus on what, on myself. I mean, uh, do you know that I warmed up next to Taylor? No. See, this yeah, is yeah. how wild would that be? <laughs> like, oh, my God, there he is. And he's a legend. Yeah, dude. When I, you know, we sat, like, uh, in front of each other, like, between warm-ups. That was, you know, a bit surreal, like, Shit, I'm sitting like right in front of Taylor Atwood right now. <laughs> uh, that was uh, that was something, but yeah, I, I just tried to keep my head in what I was supposed to do, uh, not like try to build up like a story like in beforehand. I mean, afterwards, of course, you can think about it as much as you want, but in the moment, to me at least, it it doesn't really benefit me to just. Uh, think about how big the moment is because i mean i've i've done many competitions before of course this is the next level but it's still a powerlifting competition and i just try to treat it like that the only thing mm -hmm. was that okay i have more skilled lifters right now against me but i'm doing the same exact thing mm -hmm. it's just it would be those surreal moments there's just moments that come and pass where you're like holy smokes i'm staring at taylor atwood yeah, yeah. I mean, w when I sat there, you know, and we had like contact, it was like, holy shit, this is for real. <laughs> it, it is um, like most people see Taylor when he's walking around and it's like, oh my God, there's Taylor. Abbott. Let's grab a picture. You see Taylor. Abbott. Is that the first time in life you saw him face to face in real life? Yeah, I mean, I saw him like a couple of days before the competition, but that was the first time, you know, that I, we faced each other, if you could put it like that. And your first time is we're about to clash on the platform. Yeah. Like that's the craziest <laughs> to know. Like he's 12 years older than you. He's been in the game for so long and been winning. He's been the number one 74. He hasn't lost at a world championship since 2017. So he's mm -hmm. been the number one. So as long as you've been in the game, he's been number one. And now you're about to face him. Yeah. I mean, Wait, when did he win the first time? Was it 2017? He won 2018. The first time he, the yeah, last yeah. time he lost was, so he lost to, in 2017 to Shell Backland, who also, mm. by the way, who also you beat. And then 2018, Taylor won, but Shell wasn't there. So then it became, Shell was like, all right, cool. You won, but you won when I wasn't there. Now yeah. I'm coming back 2019 and we're going to sort this out. And Taylor beat, the guy who had previously beat him and he's the undisputed uh, 74 kilo King, but also one best lifter and, you know, beat everybody. And that's when he really mm. became the Taylor Atwood. We all know. Gotcha. Could you imagine that when he won the year, he won his first world championship. That's when I started powerlifting. Yeah, exactly. You came in the game and it was Taylor and your entire time in the game, 
there's only ever been Taylor. Yep. And now it's and now it's you. And if you would have found out in 2018, hey, that guy, he's gonna be champ this whole time. He's gonna be number number one this whole time. He missed a couple worlds like he missed 2021, but he'll be the number 174. And mm-hmm. you're gonna be the one who beats him at worlds. It'd be uh, <laughs> it'd be crazy. Yeah. This is how it goes, man. This is this is how this is how the uh, torch passes. Um, but but anyway, so your warm up squat start, and you open up with a two fifty two point five. Um, mm. Taylor opens up a two fifty five, and Team Monogatti opens up a two sixty seven point five. Now all three, of you both hit your your second deadlift, or sorry, your second squat, and in the third round of squats, you hit two sixty seven point five. Taylor hits two seventy seven point five, and Tim Monogatti. Breaks the world record, collects a chip, which would come into play later, and has 283.5. What were your thoughts after this? You're trailing in squats, not big. You got a big deadlift. That's okay. What are your thoughts? First off, um, Taylor's squat when he got it, and then it got overturned. And then I'll get mm-hmm. your thoughts on Tim Matagati breaking the world record. Do you know, uh, do you mean like uh, when I was in the middle of the comp? Yeah. Did you have a, did you, did you even see Taylor's squatter? No. Okay. No, no. I, 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 like I said, I, I didn't like pay attention to anyone. I only oh, focused really? on. Did, did yeah. you know he got it overturned even? Did you even no. hear about it? Or you... Oh, no. wow. Nothing. So you totally got blinders on. You're just like, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, I knew that if I focus too much on the other lifters, even you know, like when we're benching or squatting, you know, that's gonna take away too much focus from my own performance. So I just tried to focus on, like, aiming and shooting, aiming and shooting up until deadlifts came around. Then I would like start to think about you know where I was placed, how much I needed to pull, uh, because at that you know when you when I came to deadlifts, I knew that you know. I'm going to have to pull for position and I have, I have the advantage here. You know, I know exactly how much I need to pull for a certain position, but before that, just blinders on focusing on my thing. Did you know, did you see commotion with Taylor and team USA after the third round of squats? Like, could you see? Cause yeah, I mean, I, I saw that he, he didn't look like, uh, I mean, I, I knew something was off. Um, right, but I didn't really know why it was off. And you know, um, the national team coaches did a great thing, just you know, trying to keep me calm, just trying to uh, not make the situation as dramatic as it maybe perhaps was. You know, we were joking a bunch, you know, during the uh, bench warmups and just trying to take a bit of distance from what was happening around us. You think? If you had been told that Taylor's third squat was overturned, how do you think that would affect you? Would it give you more gas? You're like, oh shit, this is, you know, this is, would it, would it make you feel all right? Or would you be like, you know what? Or would you prefer not to know even still? I, I don't think I would allow myself, allow myself that. I was, I would just, you know, think, okay, well that happened. Let's go on to bench. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I know, you know, all right, maybe he didn't hit his last squat, but we still have so many lifts left to like complete. So it, it's just for, for me at least, it's 
it only takes away focus from the situation that I'm supposed to be in. It's early to start celebrating. Exactly. <laughs> you know, there's so much that can happen in a competition. Um, after the fact, did you have, have you seen Taylor's third squat? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's debatable. <laughs> I, I don't right. personally, I don't know what the hell was wrong with that, but yeah. And, but I also know that, you know, if he would have gotten that, I knew that I had the seven, I, I had more than seven kilos in the tank. And this is what, um, we talk about in the recap show is, um, like I parse them separate. So if I have a conversation just on Taylor's squat, um, I don't tell myself, well, if you gave him that squat, he automatically wins. I parse it and put it in a silo and just look at the squat because you're 100% right. If you're going to turn around and give Taylor his third squat, we now have to turn around and give you another third attempt. That's more because you could have had, so you can't do one and not the other. And now what are you doing? You're rewriting the entire day. You might yep. as well. At that point, if you start playing that game, you might as well just go into a gym. It's not about three attempts. You just have a max out day and see who maxes out yeah, more. Like you can't. Exactly. I, right. So when I have these conversations, I parse it and be like, we could talk about that third squat, but we aren't, we'll stop ourselves from saying Taylor would win or blah, blah, blah. Because then Team Cali would be like, well, that's not fair. My man didn't get to load up seven and a half more keys. Mm -hmm. Give him the opportunity. You can't you you can't be like you know anyways. Um, but yeah, I I agree. Like it's the the calls are tough, and that's why IPF Worlds. Um, you know we'll talk about going ahead in the future. But people who are coming over do need to be ready for these type of calls because it is super duper duper tough. And you were talking about Jonathan Kaiko. The fact that Jonathan Kaiko goes to IPF World Championships so many times. And has gone nine for nine in even 27 white lights. Not a single red is crazy. He just is. It's so difficult to do. He's clinical. Um, he executes. And that's that's what you got to do at a world championship. Uh, well, you know a thing or two about that. We will, we'll, we'll talk about the bench press first, though. <laughs> but, okay, so... Bench press opens up. Um, you hit a 170, Tim Monagati 165, Taylor's 182.5. Mm. You all three of you end up hitting. Um, Becklin's got a big uh bench press as well. He ended up with a 192.5. Are you at all paying attention to what Becklin did earlier that day, even? Because no, nope. okay. I know I knew he, that it hit like 760 or something, but to me that wait, what did it hit? Was it 760? He did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he missed his third deadlift. Um, I mean, it's tough because he's somewhat flying blind. He threw on the world record deadlift actually mm. and missed it, which would have it's weird because had he hit it, it would have impacted your third deadlift later on. So then you would have been full well aware of what Becklin did, but Becklin missed his third deadlift. Yeah, yeah, I actually came in like straight from my weigh ins. Uh, no, 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 it was before weigh ins, as soon as I got to the comp, uh. I actually tried to find the, the national coaches and it was the, at the exact time that uh, Shell hit his last deadlift and I just saw oh. 328 on the board. I was like, oh shit, is that? Oh shit. Oh damn. That's <laughs> that's interesting. You're like, he's going to put, put the pressure on me from group B. Yeah. 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 He did a really good competition though. He did. Like he's, cause he, he, you never know, Shell. He ended up moving into equipment 
um, because he had some hip issues and had some issues like he was getting banged up. Mm. Now he's moved into classic and I talked to him that day and he said he's going to stick with classic and he wants to return. He will be in group a this time and he's, he's recommitting and wants to make a push. What that means, I don't know. But one thing he can do is, well, sometimes people don't take into account, even if a lifter like Shell, this happened in the 84 plus. If there's a deadlifter and they take the deadlift world record and take it for a ride, when you're looking for your chips, you sometimes it impacts your final deadlift. And sometimes you end up having to deadlift more than you would have wanted to because they took the deadlift world record, pushed it, increased it etc and you're like frick i want to deadlift last um this is how i'm going to pull for gold but now i have to deadlift slightly more than i want to because this dude is in the mix whatever so everyone impacts each other in different ways that's like the beautiful thing about mm-hmm. the world championships um but anyway so it, looking at this tim monogatti also ends up uh missing his third bench press but he got his world record and you at this point are obviously flying without paying attention to everybody but as you enter into the deadlifts, is it at this point that you stop, take a look around, and assess where everybody's at? Yeah, I think it was like after my opener that I started to look at the board and just see how I was placing. Um, but, I mean, I just told the coaches. Uh, I think it was... I mean, we, we had the, we had a plan to do 305 to 320 just to give us like some room to play with. But after that uh, 320, I was like, whatever you put on the bar, I'm pulling it. So just load whatever I'm, I need to win. Which is, so you're like, it's winning. We're going all in. Yeah, yeah. Like after the 321, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm winning this shit. Is it, um, and that was a junior world record. Did you watch Taylor's? So the way it went down for everyone listening, um, Taylor opened up with, 292.5 then tim Monagani yeah. hit 297 and a half and you got yeah. 305 you're obviously the bigger deadlifter on the mm-hmm. second round taylor mitigates the lead a little bit but you're still a good chunk ahead with the deadlift 10 kilos ahead tim Monagati mm-hmm. mitigates it from seven and a half to a five kilo spread on deadlifts but still clear you're the bigger deadlifter and yeah. then on the third round is when things start getting interesting taylor loads up 320 which is a world record that's why it's got the chip involved Mm. are you paying attention to taylor's final deadlift at this point and now you're watching no. oh no. still not okay no you i was just hyper focused no no I, I was like i don't i don't give a shit about whatever they do i'm i'm winning i'm pulling for the win it doesn't matter what they do oh damn that's yeah. ice cold to be able to be like i don't i'm not even gonna watch i don't want to see it no it's all good it doesn't matter yeah. Freak me. That's it's yeah, because you, at the end at the end of the day, I can't control them, but I know what I'm capable of. So mm-hmm. it, it didn't matter. You know, uh, uh, one of the national coaches actually gave me the uh, one of the papers they had uh, in case Taylor would have made his last deadlift, and it was three forty point five, I think. And I know I know that like yeah, based on the three twenty eight, forty would would have been there. Um, it would have been a struggle, but I'm I'm very sure that I would have pulled 340. Um, your confidence when you hit the platform and when you pulled that the bar speed the whole nine, yeah. it was it was one of those. Once it started, you you just knew you're gonna get it. 
Like it's oh yeah. In, until you started, it was like like because first off, in in the for the sake of storytelling, yeah, Taylor for everyone we're listening, Taylor pulls, but it is a, a big struggle bus. Um, it's a super difficult deadlift for him to lock out and pick your poison, whether it was there was some ramping or, or you know, assisting with the legs or whatever, because when it takes that long and you're leaning back to try to lock it out. And then if there's any supporting your legs, et cetera, you know, the IP of judging, they're going to be tough. Um, mm-hmm. And this one was less controversial for sure. A lot more people were, were, you know, you, you'll have some people like, no, I would have gave it to him, but you'll have a lot of people as well saying that one was sketchy and I, I just couldn't give it to him. So this one wasn't as, as you know, like the, like the squat, but it was, he was really him. TSG, the Americans were really trying to pile on, the kilos to take this out of reach for yourself and Tim Matagati mm. for, cause the jump, if you look at it was 13 kilos from a second attempt, yeah. 2020 hindsight, it'd be like, don't go 13 kilos, but they're also telling themselves an inspired Cali's coming out and he's, you know, we got to push him and, and maybe push him to the brink. It's when you go first, this, this is, this is the inopportune position you're in where you have to like, you're shooting blind. And you're like, how far can we push this kid to to bubble over? And they thought mm. 323 should do it. And then Callie's got to do 340.5, you said. Yeah. And um, but like you said, it's like, man, I don't think that would have been enough. So yeah. it is what it is. They 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 pushed the chips to the middle. He almost pulled it off. Um, but it was an untidy deadlift and it ended up not passing. Now Tim Monagati has an opportunity to come out. Your deadlift, we'll put a pin in that. We didn't, we haven't seen it yet. Tim Monagati comes out and pulls 324.5 kilos. This was also a struggle bus. This one was shaky. Um, you didn't see this one at the time either, I'm assuming. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I think I watched him a bit, but you know, I was so, were you up on the in side? Myself. No, I was standing just getting ready. Okay. So I, I think I watched him. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Oh, wow. So listen, because he would have been in that room before you go out. They have monitors. You would yeah. have to purposely look away at this point. Like you would have. So so you saw that one. What were you thinking when you saw him hit? Didn't matter to me. It, it was oh, like, yeah. well, yeah, yeah. I mean, because after Taylor uh, got uh, red-lighted for his, I... I knew that I had to pull 328 and was like, yeah, that's in the bag. It, it doesn't matter if it makes it or not. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling 328. And, and you were aware Taylor didn't get his like yeah. that much. You do know, you knew it's yeah. 328. You were aware of what was happening at this point, And you see yeah. probably team USA come off all upset. Like they know, like, Oh my God, we just, we, yeah, I didn't really pay. I, I, I only knew that, um, the national coach told me, "Yeah, it's if we're loading 328." Uh, that's the only thing I knew. Um, but yeah, I didn't really pay attention to like him when he walked off. I was mm. just, you know, focusing on, on what I was supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, it's it, you were hyper focused. So Tim, my God, he goes out there, hits, breaks the deadlift world record, 
and um, marginally extends what you got to hit. You come yeah. out there and load up. So you got 328. And for you in your mind, you're like, this is easy money and you're guaranteed this is going to happen. How, how what, what was your biggest pull in training? 330. Oh, wow. And was that on an SBD day? No, no. Uh, I only do deadlifts once a week. And that's like my, uh, I only do deadlifts that day. Uh, Man, and so deadlifts. Come- Go ahead, I didn't sorry. pull, th- yeah, I didn't pull 330. I, when was that? Like the beginning of April? Yeah. And ever since that pull, deadlifts didn't really like feel on top because I pushed pretty hard during that period, which led to me fatiguing a lot. And I was really worried that, you know, my deadlifts wouldn't come through, like coming, like yeah, the closer we got to the end of the prep. Um, but yeah, luckily, uh, Joey did his magic, and I was my deadlifts were on point that day. And so, was it when you when you went in there and knowing that your biggest was three thirty, just on yeah. a deadlift day, and it wasn't necessarily like after an SBD day? Where did that inner belief come from? That where you were like, I got this. One based on the three twenty, it was like as soon as I locked it out, it was like, yeah, we're putting at least fifteen kilos on on this fucker. Uh, and right before I was uh, going out, um, j- just to have a backstory, like the days prior, I sort of had, I don't know if you could call them visions or anything, but I had this uh, scenario popping up in my head, like over and over and over again. And it was just me standing there, like right before I'm supposed to go out. I know that I have a position where I'm, I can pull for the win and then it's just me locking it out and the same thing popped up in my head right before i was supposed to go out and i was like yeah the story's already written i'm just gonna go out there and pull my gold so you you had like this is like you'd seen this before yeah and this gave you yeah that's it's so crazy because Penna talks like very similar to his experience that he felt like this was, you know, destiny almost like this is going to yeah. happen. Relax. I've seen this before. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, so when you hit this and you realize I just became the open world champion, I just defeated Taylor at with the goat. Um, w- because your celebration, I've never seen this before in my life. You, you, it, the pictures were amazing. The video was amazing, but you absolutely lost it on the platform. Um, you ran towards the crowd and the crowd, all your boys in the crowd, Joey Flex and them yeah. came through the barrier. Joey talks about it saying, he's like, man, at one point I was, I was pushed up against a barrier. At another point, I was wearing the barrier around like it was a belt. And the barrier went down. It was crazy. It was pandemonium. For yeah. half a second there. Um, tell me about that feeling where you were like, oh my God, I just pulled off possibly the biggest upset in the IPF World Championships of 2023. I just defeated the most dominant powerlifter possibly of all time in IPF classic history. And now I am the world champion pound for pound. What was that feeling? Oh, damn, man. I was just getting emotional just thinking about it. But... I didn't really think about anything. It was just, you know, pure emotion. I just, the only thing that popped in my head was like, holy shit, I did it. I fucking did it. You know, 
of course, I had confidence uh, in myself and I knew that I could probably pull this off. But, you know, it's one thing to think about it and it's one thing to, you know, experience it. And, you know, just having my boys there, having Joey there, you know, those are the guys I care about the most. And, you know, having them there, sharing me on and just sharing that moment with them on the platform, it's like, oh, hands down, it's the best memory I've ever had in my entire life. And I think it's going to be hard to top that. Um, but yeah, man, I know, you know, just, you know, coming from where I began with powerlifting, you know, when I began with powerlifting, I, I, I fucking hated myself. I, I had such bad confidence in myself. I mean, I, I, I barely could look in a mirror in my, look at myself in the mirror without feeling shame and, you know, harming myself on purpose just because, you know, the sheer hatred I had for myself and who I was as a human being. Going from that, you know, position in life to ending up as the best, strongest 74 kg lifter in the world. I beat, like, arguably the best power lifter ever. It's... Uh, it's hard to describe, man. It's uh, it's to me, it's just t true testimony to my mental strength, and I'm just so glad for everything that happened up until that moment, all the shit I had to go through, all like the adversity, my back injury, people doubting me, everything, man. And I know I'm not the only one going through this. This is a super common problem amongst people, but. Yeah, man, it's it's hard to describe. It's uh, the only the only word I can come up with is just you know it's uh, divine. It's it's almost divine, man. It, yeah, you had talked about um, previously on the other podcast, like what you've been through in your life, and um, you know you've been very open on it. And this was when you had. You know, you were junior world champion uh, and you would hit the scene. You were, I think at the time too, you had won Swedish nationals and you're going to be going to the world championships. But now you're the open world champion and everything you accomplish now, it's um, your platform is obviously a lot bigger for mm. anyone who's been in, in these situations. And when you talk about this now, some people don't know your background story. Some people are hearing this for the very first time when you talk about, you know, you were suffering from depression and this is something that you had spoken about how at certain points was very dark very deep yeah man i, I mean wonder... i i sat in my like uh, in the room i grew up in you know writing suicide letters planning on how i was supposed to kill myself you know i i was such at such dark place in my life uh i don't wish any human being to be in that position. Uh, yeah, it was tough, man. But I'm also glad that I was there because I grew so much as a human being, being in that position. And I mean, I don't think that if I would have, if I wouldn't have gone through what I've gone through, I, I wouldn't have been here. Do you feel like, so when this was, when you were going through this, 
And for people who don't understand how it is, like this is just how you felt for no particular reason. It just is. This was your reality for as long as you can remember it. Yeah, I mean, there, there was some uh, things that I went through that obviously had an impact. Um, but also uh, mental health runs in our, like, uh, yeah, mental health issues runs in our family. So I also think that it's something genetical. Um, and, you know, to have the mental health issue genes plus, you know, stuff happening to you throughout your childhood, obviously it's going to have some effect. But yeah, I mean, there were some periods that I felt like shit because of things that happened to me. But you know, the the insecurity stuff, the self harm stuff, you know, that 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 almost came out of the blue. It felt like, and this came like, because um, were you powerlifting and still felt this way? How did you when you found powerlifting? Did yeah. this help? build like self-worth is this half the reason why powerlifting came about of course man i mean when i found powerlifting i, I think i've been uh, do you say bedridden in english i was like away from uh, high school i was just you know home uh, i think it's called bedridden mm. oh bedridden yes yeah yeah so uh, i was bedridden for like two months i think um because during that period, um, I had a lot of issues with the panic attacks during class because I, I I had such low confidence in myself that you know each time the teacher asked me something about me uh, asked me about something you know I started to stutter I started to get like really nervous and at some points I I had flat out panic attacks because you know I was. I was so insecure in myself, you know, and it got to the point that, you know, I started having panic attacks about just the sheer fact that, oh, shit, I'm going to have to go to school today. Um, people are going to have to talk to me and I don't know how to respond because I, I I don't have any confidence in me. So I don't know how to like talk at all. Um, so, yeah, I had panic attacks i started puking because i was so nervous and before school obviously i had to deal with the self-harm stuff as well because that to me that was sort of a way to escape reality because the physical pain took away the mental pain i had in my brain uh and to me that was a more bearable pain than the stuff going on in my head uh, but yeah so eventually i got bedridden um and after a while, you know, I was just, you know, binge watching TV, watching YouTube and stuff during that time, just not to think about anything. And I found a video of a girl called Isabella von Weisenberg. Uh, course, if you know yeah. who that is. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, and I thought she was cool as fuck. And I was like, damn, this, she's so strong and she, I just really looked up to her and the sport she was uh, competing in. Uh, I felt like it resonated very well with me because at the time, you know, I was strength training and stuff, but I wasn't like powerlifting. And I felt like, you know, oh shit, you know, you can compete. This that's that seems cool. Uh, then a couple of months later, um, I went to my local powerlifting club, um, got a gym membership. And three months later, I did my first competition. 
when you did uh, this, like, yeah. like, this is a huge moment for you. If you're straight up bedridden with anxiety, so afraid, and um, you, like you're doing just to escape reality, self harming to try to center you, and um, you know, obviously there's everything that's going on right now, and you were just hanging, keeping pulling to keep yourself together. For you to walk into a gym and you didn't know these people, and this is a powerlifting gym, and you're yeah. like, I'm going to do this. That must have been incredible bravery and a huge moment in your life to be like, I'm going to, you couldn't even go to school, let alone you're going to go into powerlifting and, and try this out. Was that, you must have been fearful those, if you remember back to those early days and, and to compete in three months sounds quick. Yeah. I mean, it felt like. I almost had this intuition that, you know, there was something telling me that, you know, I just had to do this. It didn't matter what happened before that. I just had to go to that gym, sign up. Uh, can you edit in the podcast? Yeah, yeah for I sure. Think there, there's, some, there's someone knocking on my door. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Well, okay. Okay. So you were, you were just saying about how um, signing up to that powerlifting gym, despite the fact that you were dealing with so much anxiety yeah yeah right i mean of course i was nervous you know new new environment i didn't really know these people um my uh, one of my close friends did work out there so that was sort of you know a comforting feeling that you know i'm not going to be totally alone there um but yeah i just felt like i had to do that because this felt like a way out for me you know the the strength i mean the gym beforehand was like a great outlet but this was like shit there might be something bigger here and uh, i mean they 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 said that you know i had great talent that there's a competition coming up in three months um and they really want wanted me there and yeah i mean i was nervous as hell <laughs> when i went into that competition you know i went from you know being bedridden to oh shit I'm going to do a powerlifting comp in me. <laughs> yeah, freak. Like, that's crazy to think, like, from bedridden to a gym guy. Like, yeah. you're outgoing. Your family must have been, like, like, what was your, at the time, first off, at the time, did your family understand that the, what you were going through mentally? Um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, uh, with my family is that, you know, they, they're not really well informed on mental health stuff so i went through that stuff mostly on my own like on my own um i knew that you know they didn't like uh, i i don't i don't think they understood the the seriousness of the situation when i went through it it's only like afterwards that they like when when I've explained how I felt and stuff that they've sort of understood, but yeah, man, I, of course I had friends that uh, supported me, but mostly I went, I went through that shit alone. And that's the hardest part, right? Yeah. Going through it alone. And when you think like, um, like the isolation is the worst. Like when yeah. you think I'm in this alone, no one understands and I can't tell anybody about it. That's mm. when you're at your most vulnerable and it's the most dangerous as well. Yeah, man. Of course. You know, you, you feel like it's going to be like this the rest of your life. Um, nobody's there to, you know, really save you. 
But to me, powerlifting was that thing that saved me because, you know, it gave me purpose. You know, although I'm, don't get me wrong, I still had these issues. I still hard myself and felt these thoughts during my, during the beginning of my powerlifting career. But powerlifting was the only thing that sort of, you know, kept me on that path of becoming better and getting out of that. Uh, Yeah, it gave me a purpose to keep fighting. Um, Although life was fucking horrendous at some times, although I was competing, it still had, it still kept me on that path of, you know, yeah, I'm going to be the best. I, I can't end this now. I have to become the best. Um, so I don't know if you can say that, but it was sort of a matter of life and death, you know, it, because I know that if I wouldn't have had that purpose, I, I would have killed myself 100%. Because I, I, I was on that brink of, you know, I don't, I don't want to live at all. Uh, the the only thing that I look forward to is lifting. Um, so yeah, man, that that powerlifting really saved my life. Was it like a distraction from from what was hurting, or was it like a purpose where you're like, I have I have a reason to be here. This is a reason, anyways, and you knew. It gave you, you were, you were telling yourself you were worthless, but then powerlifting was telling you that you're exceptional. And it was, it was, people would see something in you and and what was it? And was it also the process of, because when you have hundreds and hundreds of pounds on your back, Mm. you're not thinking about anything else. When you have, Mm. you, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds in your hands over your chest pressing, you're not thinking of anything else either. No, I mean, you could sort of say, you know, in, instead of harming me to ex- escape the pain, the barbell made me, you know, not think about anything um, during the time that I did it. And when these thoughts came up, you know, outside of training, I just, you know, tried to remember that, shit, although I'm feeling these feelings, I'm going to become the best. Um, I know it's shit right now, but I I have to keep fighting. I have to keep fighting. And the better I got, you know, the the more I realized that, you know, okay, I, I actually matter, you know. I'm actually good at things. And that's, that's not really something that I had to, you know, I, I didn't really hear that during my childhood that you know shit you're you're good at stuff or you know or the feeling that you know that i matter to people because the longer i got into my career the closer bonds i made with the guys at the club um and you know i i started connecting with people in in a way that you know oh shit you know you're really good at this you you you're gonna be something and the the more time I got with powerlifting, the the more my confidence grew, you know, and the more purpose I got, and the more I started to realize, you know, that this thing that you know I want to become the best at, it's really t- starting to turn into reality. 
and now it has. It's um, you know, when you say it was a matter of life or death, now when you look back and take a look at the fact that you're throwing 25 kilos onto your total every time you hit the platform, you see like when you're training with that kind of urgency of like, I need this. You think yeah. you need this. You think you're obsessed with this, but you don't know what obsession and what needing means. Like this is everything for me. And um, it it makes a little more sense now. Like how could you progress like so quickly? You you just shot up the rankings. And, but um, for you, it's like, this was saving me. I was saving myself. Yeah. And I mean, I, I knew this like all along that, you know, I can really become the best at this as long as I keep on pushing. And, you know, I, I, I've put, I've been pushing myself as hard as I possibly can ever since I started. Of course, I'm like, I am uh, becoming better and better each competition because I'm, I'm executing in a way that's, you know, that it's almost in a matter of life or death. You know, I have to do this. It's not like I want to. Of course I want to, but it's 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 not that, you know, I feel like doing it. It's like more like I really gotta fucking do this. You're compelled. Almost. Yeah. What would what do you think would happen if you didn't end up being world class? Would it be enough to have something that's yours to progress, to have had the camaraderie, to continuously improve and have your quests? It just wouldn't be as high. Or do you think you were so low you needed that that you needed to be that high it it wouldn't have been middle ground like what what do you think i don't know i mean personally when i when i found when i find something that i truly am passionate about i have to become the best at it it, it doesn't matter it it's not like i can do this for fun it's i have to become the best uh, but obviously, you know, the, the people that I got to know during this journey, these are people that I, like, care about the most, you know. All, all those guys you saw in the crowd, you know, they, they've been the words of me, you know. And I, I, I would do anything for those guys. And, I mean, of course, it's the... The medals you're you're like seeking after that gives you purpose, but along the way you also realize that it's the people that you meet along the way that actually really do matter, because there's it's it's one thing to do something for yourself, but there's a whole other thing to you know impact other people in a positive manner. Um, if that answers your question, it it does because you like well first off. Yeah, I'll, I'll do follow-up questions, but when you won, you went into the crowd to them and celebrated with them as opposed to in front of them. Like, you included them in on your celebration, which says a lot yeah. in terms of, like, what that all meant to you. So that yeah, I mean, does make sense. Yeah, I mean, one of the guys, uh, Jacob, he's uh, he's been with me ever... Oh, shit. I'm going to start crying again. Shit. Uh, we basically started powerlifting together, and he's been so supportive ever since I started. He's always believed in me. Uh, <laughs> shit. You know, to share that moment with him on the platform, it felt like that was as much as a win for me as it was for him because I know he much cared about 
me winning and you know he really believed in me and yeah so it was really a matter of if i should go in it was just like yeah it's fucking happening i don't give a shit yeah <laughs> well you're like previously nobody believed in me previously yeah. no one saw anything in me and these people do and they yeah. deserve the good guys deserve to win sometimes like they you want 100%. to vindicate their beliefs in you yeah man it, it um watching it fuck man you got me a little emotional for <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but um i want i'm gonna play you these videos and we'll watch them again together but yeah it, that's where you know i'd said off the start when you hit the platform you had a feeling oh this is gonna go mm -hmm. this is gonna go and that's also when i i was saying also when we talk about taylor's third squad you have to parse that out because sure you want to give Taylor seven and a half kilos. You better allow Callie. The, he's going to pull. He's going to pull seven and a half. He's going to pull whatever the hell he needs. He's going like to go. I said, well, it's a matter of life and death. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was for everything for, it's one of those, you know, it's difficult. Gavin was trying to explain this to me where he's like, it's literally just showing everybody that ever believed in you. I, Penna, who's, whose father was in the crowd, and he's like, it wasn't just me. It's weird. When you put yourself into a psychological mind state of, this isn't just me. I need to I need to prove to everybody their faith in me was was, was well-placed. I need yeah. to allow, let them know that. Like, you backed the right horse this time. Like, every, all the support you gave me was, wasn't for naught. And, um, yeah, it's a lot of pressure, I, but it also builds a crazy amount of belief. I mean, my fucking boys flew from Sweden to support me. Joey flew from the United fucking States to coach me. Do you think I'm going to let them down? Of course not. Yeah. In that final pull, uh, let's watch this final pull together. Also, do you know where the video is that you and your boys celebrating? Is there video up? I've seen videos, uh, but I yeah, can't. Yeah, I, I have a couple of videos, yeah. I can send them over to you after this if you want to. Okay. Do, are they posted somewhere? Um, yeah, I think it's on White Light Media's uh, YouTube video. Like in the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll pull this up. Maybe that's where we're going to go, sir. And hey, <laughs> let me also say, are they not doing killer work? Dude, I mean... White, White Light's is just doing fantastic they they made the competition into a straight movie yeah no i agree dude they i forget they, they're doing such a fantastic job with like all of their all of their edits and everything and like um in and they're super nice guys but yeah let's yeah. take a look at this i'm gonna bring us to your final deadlift and we're oh my god kelly Holy smokes, let's watch this together. Okay, one second. I'm gonna share my screen. I got shivers already, Playboy. <laughs> Let me get this rolling here and we'll watch this together and uh then I'll get your impression of this. Can you see that, sir? Yeah, that's it. That's it. This world record goes into the lane. Callie Joe hits a 328 even trying to pull from bronze, swap his bronze for gold overall. Will the junior world champion become the open world champion? Ryan, I believe, I believe he can do it. Oh! It's not the future. Whoa! And that 
looks certain. That one looks certain. And Callie Johansson has done it in a startling upset in the 74 kilo class. Huge win. And the crowd is spilled onto the field. They think it's all over. They're absolutely right. They are going nuts. Wow. Things got just a little bit dramatic. <laughs> Callie Johansson, junior world champion, now the open world champion with 778 kilo total. Tim Monagotti, also 778 kilo total, but the heavier lifter in Taylor Atwood, 777.5 in the bronze like medal dream. position. Half Holy smokes, man. That is like... It's 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 picture it's picture perfect, man. And you watching it there, yeah, you absolutely smoked that weight. Like it, like yeah, when you walked out to it, um, I love hearing it brings me back the excitement I felt. It, it reminded me, you know, you probably watching yourself reminded you how you felt. Um, mm. it's such a beautiful moment. But when you rewatch how you smoked that weight walking out it's like can he do it can he do it because i'd seen your training numbers but not at the mm -hmm. end of a day so i knew this is near your top end reasonable near your top end but when you smoked it like that that was when it was like oh he's got all he can not only do that but a lot more and it was like you your celebration afterwards the outpouring of emotion and smacking your chest you dropped your knees pop back up to your feet and walked over to your boys beating your chest it was crazy man um, and I remember the, you and your fellows off to the side, it felt like longer watching the video, just a few seconds, you know, cause the Swedish team, good thing they did brought you back on the platform because <laughs> you don't want to get in trouble. No one cared. No. It was fine. But, um, it, it only lasted a few seconds, but live, everything's different when you watch the video, but live, it felt like you were over there for like 20 minutes celebrating. Yeah. Right? Everything was just going slow motion after that. Yes. Yes. That's what it was. It was slow motion. It's weird how life does that. Life sometimes when a moment is super duper special, life will slow it down for you. Um, which is remarkable. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Cause I remember it all like happening and be like, Oh my God, he's done it. He's done it. <laughs> you know, it's uh, what a freaking time, man. And, um, and that's dumb and nobody can ever take that from you. That already happened. And when you see this video now, is it like surreal? That was only a week ago, man. Not even, I don't know. I didn't even know what. Yeah. Day <laughs> yeah. I think it was Tuesday or something. Yeah. So it's a little more than a week ago, but yeah, man, such a, such an amazing experience, you know? And it, it made such a difference to have the guys with me, you know? Yeah, it, it, it literally couldn't have played out any better. It, it was just um, perfect. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, it no, really, go ahead. really go ahead. was. So it really, really was because you're the last deadlift. It's a world record deadlift. Um, and because, like, obviously the significance of Taylor Rat with the whole nine made it so special. Um yeah, man, it was it was a special moment. And you looking forward now because you needed your quests, so to speak. Um, is it are you at peace? Like, have you reached a moment? Oh, like, obviously, life is never doesn't just get like, okay, you ride off into the sunset and it's all fun and games from here on out. You're gonna have bouts. You're gonna life's gonna throw difficulties, etc. Oh, yeah. 
And, but is it like, will you constantly need to keep chasing another high or will you constantly need, cause it might never get as sweet as the first one. You, you can win world titles from here on out. Um, are mm. you at a place now where you're like, you're content with what you've accomplished and you feel good about yourself. And cause now from here's, here's the one thing from here on out. Now you're always going to be a world champion from here on out. Now, it dep- it's up to you what you do with it. It doesn't matter if you never w- again compete or never again have that moment. You from here mm-hmm. on out now can start visiting high schools, talking about your story to kids who need it. Somebody's in the crowd who needs it. And you show that video and you tell your story. And literally from here until you're an old man, you could do this. People love world champions, sports athletes, and that is yours. It, it is and it'll never be taken away. And the, the footage and the digital assets created off of that, you have so many. And you could go up, show up. And, and so it isn't like, in terms of if you were looking for a purpose, you were looking for value. If you were looking for like, it's yours, man. This moment will never yeah. be taken away. It doesn't matter if there's no more after this replicated. It's all yours to what you want to do with it, which is a beautiful, now you could really start giving back. You you talk about great power, great responsibility. Now you're a world champion. Now I was doing like tours on public schools, biggest business chamber of commerce, um, high schools when I was on a reality TV show and I didn't have a story like yours. And I was showing footage and talking about my story. Like you, you got opportunities, um, but this is only a week old. So I guess what I would say is a, would you be comfortable if it never got that high again? Cause that high can be addictive. B are you at peace with that? And are you planning on doing some of these other things now that you're an open world champion and you had these moments and, and uh, possibly pursuing some things like that? I was thinking about this before, right before this interview and you could almost say that to me, it's like I'm climbing Mount Everest right now. And this, I, I, I've I only gotten to base camp. Because to me, it's one thing to win a world championship once. But winning it over and over and over again and adding to your total each and every competition and just creating something so unfathomable and so unreachable that's where i want to be you know i i don't just want to be the guy who beat a taylor atwood who was injured and you know having problems with you know whatever he's gone through you know i want to beat the 838 taylor i don't want to be the guy who beat um a semi good or Taylor or an injured Taylor or yeah, you know, whatever people are debating. I have so much respect for that guy and what he's done in the sport and this weight class. I want to take that to the next level. So I'm nowhere done at all. And to me, um, I've gotten to the point where, you know, I have a whole nother platform where I can inspire people. You know, I've gained a ton of followers, you know, a bunch of people are looking up to me and that's not something I'm taking lightly upon. Um, 
I know I have a lot more eyes on me, especially the younger guys who might be struggling with the same stuff that I've been struggling with. Um, and I just got to prove to them that, you know, you can become a really great person and a really great athlete, although you feel these feelings right now about yourself. Um, it's just a matter of how much you want it and how much you can keep on pushing, although life is trying, like giving you challenge after challenge after challenge. You just got to face them, be humble, and just keep on pushing and straight stay true to yourself. So, yeah, man, I, I'm nowhere to be done. Like, I'm nowhere close. I'm just getting started. Oh, damn. That's it. Oh, dude, that was a hell of a soundbite, first off. But it's, um, yeah, you add on like 25 kilos every few months. Mm -hmm. Like, were you, so for obviously, um, Austin Perkins in the US is talking about coming over. By the time he does, it'll be, it'll have to be a year from now when he faces you. He might face Taylor at PA Nats to try to make the U.S. national team. And that Taylor he's going to face will be ready. And we're all going to, he, you know, the Americans and whoever else comes over. Like, let's not look past whatever, um, no disrespect to any other Americans. I don't know who else is coming over. But he won't face you until a year from now. A year from now, whereas Kelly Johansson, physically speaking, Mentally speaking, emotionally speaking, what kind of Cali would Perk, Austin, Tim Monogatti, or anybody who wants to challenge your your throne? What kind of Kelly Johansson are they going to face at Next Worlds? I was at seven seventeen last year in Worlds. I'm at seven seventy eight right now. It hasn't been a year. Do the math yourself. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. It's one of those um Conor McGregor he Conor McGregor got choked out by Nate Diaz, comes back and wins the rematch and um so he tapped and Nate let go of the choke obviously. And then when he wins the rematch he goes, "You should have killed me when you had the chance." And he ends up winning the rematch. If he was like should have got me sooner. It's going to be too late. It's gonna be too late. I'm yeah. getting stronger uh, by the month, and for you, like it, it. But it's it's a real pacing. Like this is uh, the numbers would indicate your pace has been phenomenal. Um, and obviously, you're working with Joey Flex, and you guys have something going. You you guys have found whatever the formula is. You know, it, it's working. Yeah, I'm just gonna let him do his thing, and it's gonna be good. Let's um let's do a quick uh. Name game, or I'll say a name. You could say one word, two words, whatever. There's no right and wrong answer. It could literally okay. be, yeah. There's there's no right and wrong. It doesn't have to be spicy, but it could be. <laughs> but it doesn't have to. Be. <laughs> um, Are you gonna put me on the spot here? <laughs> well, I mean, you say whatever you want, right? Um, okay. And then, um, and then we'll and then we'll continue talking. But all right, let's start off with uh, the obvious, Taylor Atwood. great we're great athletes i mean it's it's hard to put only two uh two words uh 
you you can you know you're not limited to just a couple words you could say the one word and then you could scan you could tell a story we do the name game and people end up we okay just, yeah yeah all right uh so but the word great i mean i i remember seeing him in 2019 i actually told him this after after the competition but i've been i had only been competing for a year uh and i saw him in helsingborg and you know the performance he put on there uh it was so uh, unreal to me that you know a 74 kg lifter could lift those weights with such confidence and you know with such execution it's that is greatness you know and doing it over and over again um just you know establishing his name that's uh, that is greatness is the Taylor Atwood era, and he had an era, is it over now? Who the hell knows? Uh, all I know that all I know is I'm not slowing down. Um, I'm not planning on losing to anybody. So we'll just see. I know you're, you're a respectful guy and you have a ton of respect for Taylor. It's okay to say, um, Look at with all due respect, I think my era is beginning. But <laughs> you're allowed to say that, by the way, because it's <laughs> you, and you're allowed to have self belief. Taylor probably, you know, everyone's going to beat their chest. Um, yeah, but I love course. it. You're 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 Swedish through and through, and so respectful. <laughs> um, how about Tim Monagati? Great guy. He is. Yeah, he's a real nice person, and obviously, he's a you know, monster squatter. Uh, yeah, man, I, I I really like that guy. But yeah, the the first thing that pops up in my head is when I say it's like you know, kind or kindness. He is um, he's the strong, silent, calm type. Yeah, I I respect that about him, and uh, and he, I was proud of him because he he really showed up at this world's he really showed up at this world. They're, they're, like previously um, people would say in the scattering reports on him, like he's super duper strong, but on the big competitions, he doesn't show up. And mm. he came in silver over, over Taylor. I would as well. And had a phenomenal day pulled to get that silver and hit his last deadlift and like showed a lot of heart and a lot of, you know, you, all you guys pushed each other to the brink and all you guys stood tall and um, yeah. and he had a great day. And I know, like co competitors, always say when they come on the podcast, "I want to beat you on your best day, not on your worst day." And mm -hmm. that's why, like, I'm I'm glad he had a good day. And he 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 came in silver at the IPF Worlds with a with a world record in in the whole nine. You know, he's got with no the same reason. total. Yeah, like he he should <laughs> he found his weight class. First off, he found his weight class, and um, yeah, you guys will run it back, and it'll be you guys will have a rival. He's a young guy as well. So you guys yeah. will, will have, have a rivalry and it's good. You guys will continue to push each other to new heights. You need these people. Otherwise, why are you loading up 328 or up to 340 if you need to? You don't. You, you need it. You need to be pushed and be like, load whatever it is to win. Um, and guys like that will make you load a lot to win and give you that moment you had. Um, yeah, man. Jail Buckland. Hmm. I mean, he's a great guy. Uh, I don't, I don't really know. I, I didn't speak to him that much, but uh, OG for sure. 
He also, so he beat Taylor before Taylor had won a title. Then he ended up having some injuries, moved into equipped, beat Oleg, who in the 74 kilo equipped had won like 17 world championships in a row, which is ridiculous. And then he became, he got coined the goat killer, but he beat Taylor before Taylor was a goat. So it's mm. kind of, but he's also does have a win over Taylor at Worlds and a win over Oleg. So he's he's got mm. a unique resume. But yeah, um, he's a special. He's also a nice guy. You'll you'll like him when you meet him face to face and whatnot. And he yeah, I mean, Tony. we've oh he does yeah he's a I didn't know that well, yeah. oh really yeah. yep yeah but uh, yeah I I spoke to him a couple of times at uh, at Worlds he, he seems like okay. a really nice guy yeah yeah you'll you'll get along um, how about Jonathan Kaiko? Bigger brother, or like uh, Kuya. It's a brother in the Filipino. I was gonna say I got a feeling that's Filipino. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, do you guys talk? If you guys like, he's kind of because he's he's been through what you've been through, and he's a few years earlier, so mm. he can somewhat guide you. Yeah, yeah, and it feels like he he's sort of done that. Yeah, I mean. I mean, the day after the competition, he started giving me life lessons about, you know, how it is being a champ, what you're going to face. Um, that, you know, I'm going to face haters. I'm going to face people that doubt me, you know, that say that they can beat me on their second pulse or whatever, you know. Um, and he just, you know, telling me about, you know, the importance of just focusing on yourself, realizing that, you know, I'm the champ. Nobody can take that away from me. Um, and you know, just focusing on myself. So yeah, he's he's a he's a really big role model for me. Hey, Jonathan, um, I don't know if you heard the podcast, but his story is amazing. He's dealt with a lot of things in his personal life, and a couple of his podcasts. The one after Sheffield was extremely open and honest about some of the things he dealt with, and we paused several times. Um, because he got emotional and it was very, it was a tough conversation. It's, it's weird. You describe it as like a tough conversation, but a beautiful conversation at the same time. Mm. And, um, and he's, he's been through it all in terms like he had the highs of being Mr. Perfect nine white lights, 27 white light, 27 white lights, nine for nine lifts at the world championships pushed, pushed, not cruising. That's one thing to cruise. But he was in battle after battle after battle against the best in the world, all over the world. And he had it all. And he's also lost in not even silver, but came in bronze and lost. And then he's come all the way back again. Like he knows what it's like for all of it. The highs, the lows on the sports side, the personal side, you know, he's had friends murdered. He's lost family members to suicide, the whole night. You listen to his life story, like in terms of a guy who, um, you know, he's a little older than you and he's got a little more experience in, in life as well as the sport that in the endeavor you're in. So he's a perfect guy to like help guide you. If you were like, shit, man, I'm dealing with something. I'm not sure how to deal with this. He would be the guy and he's super nice and approachable. Like he is yeah. such a, like he is that dude where you're like, I don't know if I approach him with something. You don't got to worry about it with John. He'll pick up the call. No judgment. You're yeah. good. You know what have I mean? You, like, have you seen the Demon Slayer? 
Um, I'm aware. I've seen clips. I don't watch it, but I know what you're referencing. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, yeah, uh, he's sort of like Rengoku and I'm Tanjiro. You know, the younger kid is just on the on the come up, and he's like, you know, the great Hashira that you look up to. He's yeah, he is. Um, he's a good. He is a good solid role model. And um, and I hope nothing for the best for Jonathan. Like he's a dude that you never worry about Jonathan getting into some shit, making powerlifting look bad or something. The opposite. <laughs> no. If someone, if so, yeah, exactly. He's not that guy. The opposite. If someone's like, um, like if Eurosport was going to do a series on somebody or whatever, you'd be like, well, Jonathan would be perfect. Not yeah. only is he always in action packed sessions, so he's like he's been on Eurosport live like the entire session because. It's, you know, he's always in a good session, but also you're never worried about him getting like being like, you know, overly controversial. Like, oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Jonathan, you know, he'll represent himself well because he, he yeah. has a sense of uh, what he represents is bigger than just himself. But uh, yeah, he's a solid guy and, and God bless. Um, how about Joey Flex? Damn, man. I ha it's hard to find a good word for that, um, but because you know, he's shaped me into the lifter that I am today. You know, he's not only made me physically strong, he's made me mentally strong. He, it is hard to find. It's hard to find a word for him. Um, but, Even a couple words or whatever. I mean, you don't got you don't got to be. St We're so loosey goosey with the name game, my friend. You say what you yeah. want. Yeah. <laughs> um, the role model that I truly needed the most. You can when say you that for someone, sure. He, he came around at the right time. Yeah, he he he's changed me more than he may know. Isn't that um, isn't that something like that happens, where um, at times people impact you, and sometimes you're like, I wonder if this person realizes how much. Before I met them, I didn't know them. I knew I needed something, and they came and it's like, holy shit, I needed that, that yeah. addition to my life, and then you're like, I don't know if they know this. No, I, I remember how different of a person I was 2021 when I um, when I first got in contact with them, and you know the how different I was like mentally and physically doing our first competition together, leading up to now, and how our relationship has like evolved. Uh, and I mean, I. I he coaches so many like great lifters, so it's it's such an honor to you know have him in in his corner, and you you notice that you know he gives he gives everything he got for you, and that's something that's very rare. He for sure, I know you already know this, but he actually does care about you. Yeah. I'm not talking proverbial you, like the plural you. I mean you, Callie. 
he actually cares. He, you all, I know you already know this, and because yeah. you've seen it, but he, he does. Yeah, I mean, that's that. That is something that I value very, very high in my life, and it's something that's very rare to come across. So, yeah, a life changer. Life's funny, man. The people that come into your life, huh? Mm -hmm. You just never know. You wake up one day and you have no idea who might walk through the door into your life. And you're like, holy shit. And then from there on out, you're like, well, I guess they're riding with me beside me. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I guess my crew has just expanded. And, and I'm telling you, man, I'm older and um, it doesn't stop. Like, you just keep, so, sometimes it becomes a revolving door where life will separate people um, through like work or whatever. They have to move away and whatever happens. And it doesn't devalue what they meant to you at that time. It, they were there when you, you needed them. You were there when they needed you. And in that period, it was everything you both needed. And then if life separates you, not totally, not forever, you stay in contact. You're just not as close somebody else comes in again and there's always another door swings open and who's this guy? Who's this girl? All of a sudden you're like, you have no idea how important that person might be until certain things happen. And then you're like, wow, damn, I'm glad they're around. <laughs> That's what the beautiful thing in life is, but it takes away and it gives and it takes yeah. away and it gives. And you just got to keep that in mind when it takes away. It's going to yeah. give again. That's the beauty of life. And that's how I try to approach life as much as I possibly can. That, you know, although I might be faced with some type of adversity, I know that this will build me up stronger and there will come something much greater ahead. When it happens, how it happens, up to God. That is not in my control, but just, you know, having faith in everything happens for a reason that whenever something good happens, don't take it for granted. Try to just soak it all in. And when a challenge comes up, just, you know, face it humbly and try to face it as a, a, a lesson, you know, not something that you're punished with. That uh, Yeah. Not the why me situation or whatever, because no. um, it, it's easy for all of us to do that. But yeah, it is. It's tough. That's the tough thing. You have to try to be like, it's not going to be like this forever. Um, and, uh, you know, it's funny. Sometimes tough situations bring certain people in your life closer to you because you face it together. You, yeah. And then you appreciate that. And you're like, oh, and, and it's just the way it is. And um, they were always ready there for you. But until that happened, you never got to face it together. And the facing of it together in having to work through things together makes you closer. And you actually, looking back, appreciated that. And yeah. be like, isn't that weird? But that happens too, man. Yeah, that's when you know who, who your real ones are. And it also makes you appreciate tough times. Yeah, I mean, adversity can be something beautiful. 
if you look at it in the right, like in a certain way, you know, nothing happens to just you know for you to get punished. It's 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 um what's it called in English? It's like uh, it's it's a moment for you to to learn and become better. That's why I very rarely try to use the term when something happens to me, punishment, because yeah. it's like it turns into the victim mentality and it turns into uh, it's a different way of looking at things. If you frame it differently, you're like, no, this isn't it's all about framing in your mind to try to deal with shit. These yeah. are the game, mental games we play. For sure. And now you and now you see how the name game works. Really, and honestly, it's a reason to start another conversation. So when people mm. like, how do I do with this one or two words? I'm like, my brother, we're just going to end up talking. Yeah. I almost forgot what name we were on. Um, I, Joey. I got, yeah, yeah. I got a couple more. Um, one more, or I got a couple more, but here's another one. Okay. Austin Perkins. Uh, <laughs> this will be an interesting one. Um. If you put it like this, it's one thing to, you know, have some banter or shit talk, you know, create hype. And there's a whole nother thing to disrespect someone's performance, especially when, you know, you weren't in that position. Um, I I mean yeah he he's done great numbers at in USAPL but you have to understand that there's a whole it's it's a whole nother thing to fly overseas go against the best 74 kg lifters in the world handle that pressure perform when it matters the most and you know keeping your head cool during that whole competition and lifting to the most strict judging you can face in the world. That's a to fact. Me, that, it's, that is the strictest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, to me, to me, like, you know, saying that he would have done 780 on seconds, I mean, well, shit, come and do it then, you know? It, to me, it's just uh, disrespectful to talk about my performance like that. And it, um, on the flip side, um, you guys, like looking back in the future, I think when you look back, just like you guys push each other to the brinks of like in your performances, when he does come, I mean, it's not going to be a year till we face each other, but it'll be more layers of hype and more layers of like, you guys will push each other even more. You know, yeah. um, but, but yeah, it's a, it'll be interesting, it, it, but he hasn't, he hasn't come over yet. So it's got to, the, to your point, the proof will be in the pudding because for sure, I'm not saying Austin squats high or anything like that, but the standard is insane in the IPF. Like, I mean, um, everybody knows you, it's, it's going to be, you got to almost throw out because like what Penna did in the 66s you know people come with these big nominations and that's not how it plays out when you actually get at worlds you almost got to throw out numbers and just try to win and just yep. try to win and don't worry about numbers um but also to your point by next year your numbers are not going to be those the numbers you're going to have next year it's it's no 
It's going to be crazy what you guys end up doing in the 74s. This era of 74s is exciting. You know, you, Taylor's still there. Perk comes over. Tim Monogatti, um, Shale Bucklin, whatever he's going to be at. And God knows who's going to emerge. People are emerging. Look how quickly you emerge from one year mm-hmm. to the next. The 74s is a red hot division. And um, and that's a good thing because you guys are going to push each other to crazy heights. And oh, even yeah. though, like, yeah, right, you guys are going to push each other to crazy heights. And, and even though Austin, for sure, he's talking, and, but him talking will will bring attention. You know, it'll, it'll irk you because you're a competitor and just like it's going to irk, you know, what he says is going to irk Taylor, what Taylor says is going to irk him. And now you're in the mix. You you might not be used to getting this, but this is the way it's going to go now from here on out because you're one of the big guns now amongst the big names in all of powerlifting. Um, yeah, maybe. But, but it'll draw attention. He will draw mm. attention. So when he comes, the showdown, the you know, it's going to be more eyeballs watching. And you've dealt with pressure. So you'll be okay with the pressure, but it actually makes oh, yeah. more people watch, which is like for a, sport, for a sports fan, I'll tell you from the outside looking in, as a sports fan, there's nothing better than when two guys are like building the pressure, being like, I'm going to do this. And the other guy's like, those are my old numbers by the time you face me. And it's going to be like a clash. And then, Oh, by the way, Taylor's like, okay, you got young guys are looking at each other. Don't forget about me. And then Tim Matagati would probably isn't going to say anything, but but New Zealand people would be like, don't overlook Tim because he's silent. No, you know, you know, as a sports fan, it makes it like, Ooh, and as a sports fan, I never, um, as long as the sports related, I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm not too too worried about put put this way. Here's what I would say. Don't take too much uh to heart when it's sports related, because this is probably the way it's gonna be. <laughs> it yeah, and he, I mean, it doesn't it, it doesn't mean he doesn't like you or doesn't respect you. He's yeah. this is the way this is the way, you know, sports is gonna be to some extent. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm new to this, so <laughs> I mean right. through my whole powerlifting career, it's you know, I've always tried to treat my competitors with as much respect as I can because I know how much it probably means to them and what it, uh, how much it takes to actually be on that platform. But yeah, I mean, if this drives sport forward, we'll talk on. But I, yeah. I know that, you know, I will perform. Well, this is it. End of the day... Um... End of the day, it is just talk. When you put in perspective, you know you put into like things into perspective. When you tell yourself like, "All right," but everyone's going to talk. But the, I mean, you're the world champion. You just pulled off the, a massive upset in one of the most dramatic moments in IPF world's history, and it's freaking. Uh, it's, it's still uh, you could write do a documentary on on the 74 kilo class of 2023, um, which will be a phenomenal I- idea, by the way. Okay, one more name, sir. And this is probably the best one. And it, mm-hmm. it might be the easiest, but at the same time, it might be the toughest. Kelly Johansson. Pure heart. Pure heart. Because, yeah, man. Uh, I've done everything I possibly could to get in this position that I am. Um, 
I always just, you know, try to treat everything and everyone with this respect. And yeah, I'm I'm just trying to spread as much positivity as I possibly could I can to everyone that I meet. Uh, so yeah, pure heart. Dude, I'm excited to see you compete. I just want to see you on the platform again because you were you're <laughs> accelerating at an astounding rate. Um, but anyways, listen, I won't keep you anymore. I know it's Saturday night in Sweden, and uh, and you're the champ, and you probably got people messaging you and be like, Where you at? But um, thank you for coming on the podcast, my dude. Thank you for thank being you. so open and transparent with everything and like and telling us, you know, your background story, reliving the world championship win, and um We'll run it back. We'll run it back. That's it. See you, buddy. Have a good one. And for everyone yeah. listening, subscribe, give us high ratings, int.